0: Welcome to All Marine Radio. Hey, have, have you ever heard of something called the Advent Wine Calendar? <laughs> I hadn't. Not until yesterday, last night. Yeah. And I said, my response was, I've heard of, like, Advent calendars, but Advent Wine Calendar? I'm not thinking... I'm thinking that's a little bit of a usurpation, yeah, you could look that up, of the original intent of the Advent calendar, the Advent wine calendar, yeah, so, um, I heard that yesterday, but they thought it was, they thought it was appropriate, yeah, Mac, don't be so uptight, man. So, um, yeah, on the first day of uh, the 63rd year of my life, welcome to All-Marine Radio. Yeah, my birthday was awesome. Um, so, I have some things I like on my birthday, okay? Um, one is, I don't want you to buy me a card, okay? And, and this is specifically for my children, Make me a card. And so my daughters made me cards. Right. They must have been sitting next to each other because they used the same pens. The same color schemes on both of the cards. But I don't but you know what? I don't care. Because um they took the time to make a card for me. And so um so um, I'm a huge fan of that making cards and I'll keep them. And I will find out some place either to put them or display them. Right? One of them says Happy 63rd Birthday, halfway to 126. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite sayings. My sons don't like it as much. Now, now that they're in their 30s. Hey, 17, halfway to 34. Right? That was funny. Hey, 34. Halfway to sixty eight. That ain't funny. I'm like, yo, bro, we're you're kind of middle aged, dude. Now <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, stop it, man. Please, right now, just stop it. Um. The um. So and then uh, the girls and uh, my uh, my. My ex wife came over and cooked dinner. Yeah, how about that? So, uh, my mother has a recipe and that I'm not very good at. My ex wife is. It's called steak in a bag. And you select your cut of meat, but normally it's a rectangular cut. So, top sirloin, you know, whatever. I want to do it with ribeyes, kind of laid flat. So you would have, um, I don't know, maybe three or four ribeye steaks. So it would cover maybe a foot, right. Of, of, of beef if you laid it out horizontally. So I don't know how many steaks that would be three, maybe four, depending on. So again, Depending on how many people. And you take that and you dip it in this um a concoction of oil and seasoning and whatnot. And then you take, you know, uh bread, kinda like stuffing, uh, with cheese, and uh you take that and you put it on top of this the steaks and then you take the steaks and, and then there'll be like bread cheese and then seasoning like garlic salt, salt and pepper right, cover it all, then you put that in a bag, and you, and I don't know, like, what the hell does a bag do, but a brown bag, you staple it shut, I I would have to look at the science behind this, and then you put it in the oven, and it's awesome, steak in a bag, so what you have is, you have, uh, you have beef that's cooked, and then, Uh, You have this kind of uh, crust on top of it. Yeah, so it's kind of this stuffing crust on top of it. And then you take that and you make, you serve with that Beth and Kim's wife. So the chef came over and they had this meal with um, my mother's carrot casserole, which is kind of the mandatory Uh, Dish that accompanies it. So if you go to the all Radio website, and I think if you just type in the word carrot, you will see Kathleen's carrot casserole. And I'm going to tell you, it's to die for. C-A-R-R-O-T, carrot. Let's see if it comes up. Survey said, oh, (laughs) world famous carrot casserole. There it is. So all you got to do is type in carrot. And it'll come up. And you spell carrot, C-A-R-R-O-T. So, um, uh, I'm writing a note to myself to remember to talk to some, about something. Um. So anyhow, um. So it's steak in a bag with carrot casserole and then maybe salad, you know, after that. Um, which is what we had. And I'm going to tell you, you want to, you want to cook a great meal? Well, when we had Kim and Beth in, when we had them over to dinner, dessert was, yeah, the cherry pie. Yeah. The secret, like, cherry pie. Um, that's to die for. Honestly, if you if you want the recipe, send me an email. I will send it to you. And uh, I, I should I should amend the recipe and put it back on the website. Yeah, and I need the the world famous. I need to put my mother's name on the carrot casserole, even though my mother stole it from somebody. <laughs> yeah, a place called AJ Bumps in Sacramento, California. It was actually down the river from Sacramento at a small town called Freeport, but you don't need to know that. So, yeah, that's like local SAC town, like behind the curtain stuff that for those of you who aren't like legit members of the Sacramento like community, (laughs) um, you don't need to know about Freeport. Anyway, Um, Yeah, A.J. Bumps in Freeport. Carrot casserole. But anyhow, um, I'll put my mom's name on that. I have to remember. Um, So we had that, which is delicious. And then um, they went all over. And coincidentally enough, I did too, because I was going to make a cherry pie for myself for my birthday. But they went looking for cherries. Can't find them. Yeah. Cherry shortage in Orange County. And you would think... I mean, how many weeks has Halloween been in the rearview mirror? So, um, so yeah, so they, we had cheesecake, which I'm a fan of, with, um, strawberry puree, which is ground strawberries, a little bit of water, and some sugar. Most delicious, right? So, um, so yeah, and then we did a. Uh, then we did a uh, we did a Zoom call with uh, my younger son Patrick, who stayed up, which I appreciated. So we shot the shit with Patrick for a while, and um, Patrick's a, Patrick's a brand new homeowner, by the way. And so, um yeah, first home decorated, and actually, if I do say so, um his house, they, their house looks great, yeah, beautiful so uh so got a chance to talk to him. I had already spoken with uh, number one son who's uh, in Norway early in the morning, so yeah, and then, so my birthday present. I you know I, I tell my kids like I don't really need any presents. Then I think of things I I I could use. <laughs> I could use that could be replaced. So in uh I screwed up my digital meat thermometer. And it was the first one I ever bought. It's called the iGrill Mini. You could look it up. Okay. So if you look up the i iGrill Mini, all one word, i well, grill is I-G-R-I-L, and then mini. Hit enter, okay? And you'll see, single probe, right, Bluetooth technology, blah, 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 okay? And so that's the one I've had, okay? Now, the one I got last night, and here's what I told my daughter. She goes, well, Dad, so then I then I get the lecture. Dad, we want to get you something. So I say, okay. And over the course of Thanksgiving, I was was using my digital meat thermometer to check the temperature of the brine, because the brine had to be approximately between, you know, 40 and 45 degrees, so it had to be cold. Well, I... I don't know if I wasn't supposed to do that, but it is an electrical device, and I dropped it in water, and so it began to malfunction. It told me my water with ice in it was 111 degrees. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I picked up on that. Uh, That ain't right. So then I hope that I'll stick it in the turkey, and I'll stick it in the oven, and then hopefully it'll dry the circuit out, and then it will restore itself. Maybe it has self-healing powers. That was my thought. Uh, That did not happen. So I threw that probe away. So I still have a good base unit. That's a single base unit. But So I tell my daughter, I would like to have one that could accommodate like four probes. So that I could put like a probe in every stake. And so that every stake will be done perfectly. So Catherine being the shopping machine that she is, she gets uh she gets her little fingers on her phone and starts going through it. And uh and so that's what I got. I got I got the iGrill 2. Okay, now let me tell you about the iGrill 2. It comes with two meat probes, right? So there's there's the meat probe that goes into the piece of meat. The wire that runs to the the base unit, and then you have a, a, an app, and then the base unit hooks to your phone via the app, and you could see the you could see the temperature associated with every piece of meat. That's pretty cool. But it comes with an additional two inputs, so all you got to do is go buy two more wires, and uh, and then you'll have a total of four. That's right four inputs so if you have four people over you have four stakes you put a probe in each one kaboosh, done yeah look it up i'm looking at it on the crate and barrel website it is called the iGrill 2 thermometer made by Weber that's right Weber manufacturers of the Weber kettle so, um, yeah, so I was, I, I was pretty geeked about that. So, uh, my birthday was awesome. Everything I, everything like I love about my birthday. They made me cards, right? Uh, I got a present that I, you know, I wasn't really looking for one, but, uh, it was, it was something I wanted and, and I'm excited about. And, but most importantly, got a chance to talk to all my kids. So that was very, very cool. Um, I'll tell you another thing I did, I, and I don't know if uh, you've been out and about or out and about, as my Canadian friends would say. Um, the um, there are no Christmas things of any note in stores anymore. Yeah, it is like. Toilet paper at the start of COVID. I walk into Home Depot the other day, Saturday. I look, right, and um, <laughs> I walk in, and I'm like, "Well, maybe they maybe they moved it, right." Maybe they moved all their stuff, so I'm standing there kind of perplexed, and and up you know, by me walks this home Depot associate, um, and uh, I said, "Hey, where's um, where's all your Christmas stuff?" And he looks at me and goes, "It's gone." I said, what? He said, it's gone. I said, so effective COVID is that we're like bigger on Christmas? He said, I don't know, man. He said, he said, it was crazy. He said, that stuff flew out of here. So I was like, okay. So what I need, right? Uh, What I need is replacement bulbs. They're called C9s, right? They're the big ones that were up on my house when I was a kid. That's what I have on the outside of my house. I have a very specific Christmas, right, scheme. White, green, red. White, green, red. White, green, red. White, green, red. All right? Um, yeah. That's my deal. That's how I do it. Kind of like the Italian flag. White, green, red, or red, white, green. I'm not sure what the sequence is. I think white might be between red and the green, but I'm not really sure. Right? I think the Mexican flag has that going too. What is the difference between the Italian flag and the Mexican flag? Can you tell me? Remarkably, remarkably similar. Let me check it out, or maybe I'm stupid. The Italian flag, flag uses lighter shades of green and red and the Italian flag has an aspect ratio of 3 to 2 while the Mexican flag's aspect ratio is 7 to 4. The Mexican coat of arms in the white band of the flag is an eagle perched on a prickly pear cactus with a snake in its beak and talons. Ah. So, yeah, the Mexican flag and the Italian flag, remarkably similar. And a close third, although much different, is the Irish flag. Although the Irish flag has green on the right, the Mexican and Italian flags have green on the left. So, yeah, the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have the monitor on. I don't watch. I don't watch. I don't listen. But (laughs) Fox just put up. Fox just, this is is hilarious. And then it's it's comedy, right? Except it's true. They put up this graphic, right? Lillian Omar, right? She paid her husband $2.8 million. That's 70% of what she paid out for her campaign. She paid to her husband's consulting firm. <laughs> Isn't there a law against embezzling campaign finance? Oh, no. You just paid it to your husband. Is that her brother or is this a different husband? Because she initially married her brother to stay in the country. Ilian Omar is about as shady as it fucking gets, okay? The ballot harvesting shit. That's going on. That was going on in Twin Cities, all related to her campaign, right? Somalis are taking over Minneapolis, right? And it's not because everybody's voting for them. Fucking clown show, man. Yeah, she paid seventy percent of the shit that she paid out in the third quarter for her campaign. She paid it to her husband's consult. Oh, come on, man! You can't even make that up. That's rich. Congratulations, man. She figured out a way, right, to steal all that campaign money. Right, nice. Okay, I didn't even know where I was. Oh, Christmas! So, so yeah, that's my color scheme of the lights, right? So they're the big lights, old fashioned. And you can't find them anywhere. I had to go to, I had to go to fucking Long Beach, right? Which is, you know, for those of you that are familiar with it, that's like. That's like a combat patrol. Yeah, I think I rate (laughs) I rate combat action ribbon for that one. Right? You go to Long Beach, especially where I went, yeah, what's up? And they it told me the internet the internet told me. And I was dubious of the internet, so I went to a ACE hardware that carries these replacement bulbs, which is where I normally get it. But the one that used to be in Costa Mesa they shut down, so I had to go to Huntington Beach, which is kind of on the long arc, to Long Beach. I had a choice. I could go down to Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach, not my people. Okay, that's the art colony and all this other crazy shit. Although it's a pretty drive, yeah. Long Beach, Laguna Beach, let's go to Long Beach. So we conduct combat operations in the Long Beach so going to go to Long Beach, and this is a hardware store in a neighborhood right and uh yeah, and it ain't it's not pretty, but it's all right, so I get out, I roll in i'm like what's up and let me tell you this old school hardware store there's shit everywhere, right yeah, it's like you're walking into Bangladesh, man there's shit everywhere. Like 9 million people crammed into 7 miles. So anyway, um, I walk in and I ask the dude, man, do you have replacement bulbs? And he's like, well, yeah, our Christmas decoration. And again, this looks like the toilet paper shelf in, you know, in March. Nothing. And I said, is that it? And they're like, well, we have some more lights. So-. I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. So then something really wonderful happens to me. Um. I, uh, I, I pick out all these lights are 79 cents a piece and they're all like single lights in a box and there's a full box there. And then there's another box there. Well, I need like 25 of them. So I figure I'm going to buy 30. The box has 25 in them and I grab five others out of the other box. And so 79 cents, you know, it's going to cost me what? 30 bucks, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 bucks for these things. So I go to checkout, and the girl says, oh, I said, I think they're $0.79 a piece. And she says, oh, well, the box is only $9 if you buy the whole box. I said, what? <laughs> she said, yeah, the box is only $9. I said, oh, I'll take that price. <laughs> so I got a great deal on my lights, but they were I only got the white ones. So now I've got to conduct more combat operations to find a— uh, um, to find a uh, to find the red ones and to find the the green ones. I don't need as many of either one of those, so I need a lot of r- white ones because I use them on my back patio. I rated my Christmas lights to light the back patio during the rest of the year, so I did that yesterday. Then um, I had a discussion with my friends. All these pe- all these people on. LinkedIn, that say happy birthday, but they don't even say your name. What, what do I do with that? Right? What do you do with that? Do you, do you respond to like happy birthday? They're unanimous, they're, by unanimous consent, negative. If, if they don't put anything personal, that is not even a greeting. Right? Write that off. And so, who does that to me? Yeah, Bob Neller does that to me. So, I wire-brushed his ass. (laughs) I said, that's all I get? No happy birthday, Mac? Right? No happy birthday to my favorite company commander ever? None of that. I'm waiting for the response. (laughs) It's not going to be... It's not going to be... It'll be humorous. But come on. Happy birthday? Like, really? So, you do that every day with all your contacts, hoping that somebody's going to call you one day and give you a job because you wish them happy birthday with no other personal greeting? Yeah, I mean, come on, really? So, I answered all the ones that had any form of per- happy birthday, Mac, happy birthday, double dog, happy birthday, Marine, you know, happy birthday, loser, right? Any of that. So, I did that. But, um, I, yeah, let me know. Holiday decorations. Are, is there a shortage where you live? Cause there's none in Orange County. Yeah. Another one of the travesties of COVID. No, <laughs> somehow or other, we got more in the Christmas spirit. Um, Chuck Yeager died in case you don't know. Yeah. Chuck Yeager, man. Uh, I read a book written by Chuck Yeager. You want to know the one thing I remember? He describes being up in Yosemite. not Yosemite for everybody. But so Chuck Yeager, um, kind of an American icon, right? Um, Charles Elwood Yeager born on February 11th, 1923, and died on my birthday yesterday in 220. Was a United States Air Force officer, flying ace, and record-setting test pilot, who in 1947 became the first pilot in history to have exceeded the speed of sound in level flight. His career began in World War II as a private in the United States Army Air Force. Served as a mechanic In 1942, he entered enlisted pilot training and upon graduation was promoted to the rank of flight officer. That, op- that rank eventually becomes a warrant officer, later achieving most of his aerial victories as a P-51 fighter pilot on the Western Front. He was credited with shooting down 11 and a half enemy aircraft. The half credit means he split credit with somebody else. Yeah, high school educated. Hmm. So America's greatest living fighter pilot didn't go to college. Interesting, interesting. So all that, like, oh, yeah, you know, so smart. Our greatest fighter pilot never went to college. Pretty smart dude. After the war, Jaeger became a test pilot, flew many types of aircraft, including experimental rocket-powered aircraft for the National Advisory Committee of Aeronautic. That's called NACA. As such, he became the first human to officially... I mean, when you look at the crudeness of these things... All right, Chuck, we want you to... (laughs) This is where his lack of a college education came in. All right, Chuck, we want you to uh, get on this rocket with a seat but we do have a face shield for you, and we want you to see if you can go mock one hey no problem <laughs> hey no problem yeah. he retires as a brigadier general out of the air force uh in 1975 uh Jaeger later later commanded fighter squadrons and wings in germany as well as southeast asia during the vietnam war in recognition of his outstanding performance ratings of those units. He was promoted to Brigadier General in 1969, retiring five years later. He has a three-war active duty flying career that spans more than 30 years. How about that? Jaeger demonstrated outstanding flying skills and combat leadership. On October 12, 1944, he became the first pilot in his group to make ace in a day, downing five enemy aircraft in a single mission. High school educated guy. Two of these kills were scored without firing a single shot. He flew into firing position against a Messerschmitt 109. Pretty formidable aircraft. The pilot of the aircraft panicked, breaking starboard. Right? Which way is starboard, Mac? Well, if you think about it, starboard, right, is the letter just next to the letter R, right? And R stands for right. Right? Yeah, think about that. How about that? Stupid, stupid shit makes sense. R S, right, is starboard. So they break right. How do you remember left L LP, right? You associate L and P, left is port. LP was an album when I was a kid, right? Vinyl albums were called LPs. That's how I do it anyway, LP. Left is port, album, LP. RS, right starboard. There you go. Little clue for you. All you people, all you want to be marines and nautical people. That's how you remember that shit. Anyway, and the pilots collided, Yeager, so he gets credit for <laughs> for both aircraft. Jaeger said both pilots bailed out. Right. One of his first air to air victories was a jet fighter, a German Messerschmitt two sixty two, that he shot <laughs> that he shot down. And this goes to show he's a high school guy, right? He shoots this measurement down. It was as it was on final approach for landing. Hey, man, it's a war. <laughs> um, during his memoir, written in 1986, um, he also expressed um, a couple of different things in his in his memoirs that that this little blurb talks about. One is that he recalled with disgust the atrocities committed by both sides in World War II. He said, we went on missions as part of the 8th Air Force to strafe anything that moved. During the mission briefing, he whispered to a friend, Major Don Boke, if we are going to do things like this, we sure as hell better make sure we're on the winning side. I'm certainly not proud of that particular strafing mission against civilians, but it is there on record and in my memory. He also expressed bitterness at his treatment in England during World War II, describing the British as arrogant and nasty. Uh, He was uh, uh, commissioned a second lieutenant from warrant officer uh, for his wartime performance and promoted to the rank of captain flew his sixty first and final mission in January of nineteen forty five. Returned to the United States later that year. So uh Chuck Yeager. But again, I knew him, right? I want to say that he was flying uh he named his uh his his the glamorous Glennis after his after his I think wife, right? And the X one he flew and uh so i mean these guys were unbelievable you look at you know what they did in fact if if you have a chance to go to the um the air and space museum right that's the one not the one that's downtown the one that's out out by dallas on uh, let me tell you i haven't been that like and i'm not the biggest aviation dude like okay whatever but i mean aren't there guns we can look at and other shit right airplanes the whole time come on man who like who wants to do that? I have to tell you though, this place is it's different. First of all, it's gigantic. Absolutely gigantic. And there is stuff you've never seen before. There is a space shuttle in there. The space shuttles are are like they're they're huge. Right? They're like ships with wings, man. The, the, it's gigantic. And then in the same um part of the building and and so the, the building's shaped like a cross, right? So the major so you walk in at the top of the cross. Okay? And then there's the major horizontal beam and that is the major part where all these aircraft are. You know, there's aisles, there's I don't know how many different aisles there are, three or four different aisles. And and the width of the building got to be I would say 150 to 200 yards. Yeah. And then the the lower part of the cross is where the space shuttle is. So you walk in there and then all the Gemini capsules are in there. The Apollo capsules are in there. And you look at the Gemini shit and it's like this cone, right? That doesn't have the computing power of your cell phone like five years ago. Yeah. It has a fraction of that. And they put these dudes on a rocket and they say, uh, all right, don't take your helmet off. See you later. Ho- hopefully, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of days. <laughs> and guys like Chuck Yeager did that shit. So, so pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Some interesting things about his life, um, uh, in fact, that X-1 is in the National Air and Space Museum. You can go check it out. Um, so he breaks the sound barrier. Um, first human to do that. Um, he also was the first American to fly a MiG. Yeah, a North Korean pilot defected to South Korea. And Yeager got in that thing, they fired it up, and he was the first person to fly it. How about that. So anyway, Chuck Yeager. I mean, again, um, we should all be as fortunate to live uh, the life that uh, that he lived, right? So, uh, so well done there, uh, General Yeager. Uh, well done. Uh, if you look at uh, if you look at his military career, he goes from the rank of private to brigadier general. And, um, interesting guy. Um, he passed away last night in Los Angeles. The, um, so anyway, Chuck Yeager. The other thing in the news today is, uh, the new nominee for secretary of defense. And, um, you know, something that, uh, Again, you're seeing stories circulating about things he said about ISIS being a flash in the pan. And you read it and you're like, what? And so... um, I'll just give you the essence of, of the criticism, right? So if you look up General Austin, um, you'll see articles that talk about the way he discussed ISIS, I want to say around 2014. He would make history as being the first black man or woman uh, to run the secretary of defense. He would also need a waiver exempting him from a law that states that former military members must be out of uniform for at least seven years before serving as a sec- as a secretary of defense. Now, that's the same law Secretary Mattis had to have waived. Um, and so Congress... Say, yeah, we're not gonna do that a second time, and then what they will hear in return is, wait a minute, you did it for a white guy, but you won't do it for a black guy? So you're hearing this discussion about the Department of Defense, right, needs to be run by a civilian. But that ain't gonna happen. He'll get he'll get approved. Um but his nomination will face opposition from both Republicans and Democrats. On the left, General Austin's post-retirement role as a board member for the Raytheon defense contractor, for whom former Defense Secretary Mark Esper lobbied for years, will prompt unease. On the right, his role in America's failed efforts to fund and arm rebels in Syria Plus continued allegations that US forces inflicted unacceptable civilian casualties or even committed war crimes in their push to dislodge ISIS fighters from their final holdouts in Iraq and Syria. GOP lawmakers will make issue or take issue with Austin's record leading CENTCOM, during which time the command was accused of downplaying the threat posed by ISIS and manipulating intelligence to support its flawed premise. The Atlantic wrote in 2016 that Austin told the White House that ISIS was, quote, a flash in the pan, prompting Obama to tell the New Yorker that the group, which came to control a swath of territory in Iraq and Syria and had launched multiple terrorist attacks in the West, was terrorism's JV team. So anyway um, so anyway, that in the news today so uh, so it'll be interesting. The, um, all right so on this uh, eighth day of uh, December it um, one of the guys that w- has was a huge influence on me when I was in high school, was my baseball coach. And today would be his birthday. He passed away when I was getting ready to go to Iraq in 2004. And I was unable to attend his funeral, which I still regret. But um, his name is, was Ron Leimberger. And Ron was he was a fun guy. He was my gym teacher. He was, I think, the athletic director for a while. Uh, he was my baseball coach, his both is, he has twin sons my age and they're, you know, we went to high school together and, um, and so I used to hang out over at his house. His wife, Joni sent me home one day. Yeah. When I was like 17, she told me we were playing basketball, right. And you know, her twins, you know, like they were both basketball players, right. And uh, so we're going to play basketball. So there's four of us. So the twins have to split up. So they start getting after each other. And they get into a fight in the driveway. And it was one of those fights where I want to say conservatively, like, 400 punches got thrown and not one of them landed. It was amazing. And they're talking shit the whole time as twins do, right? She comes out and sees it. And she gets pissed at them. She starts yelling at them. And then she looks at me and she says... And you go home. And I'm like, I'm 17. (laughs) I'm 17. What are you talking about me go home? Yeah, so I've never let her forget that. Joni. But, you know, my dad, you know, I've talked about this before. My dad was gone so much uh, on an annual basis. I mean, my dad was gone for six plus months every year of my life. And, uh, so I had guys who were extremely influential in my life and Ron Lineberger was one of them. Uh, um, he was a, he was a, just a great guy and had a huge impact on me. I graduated from high school and I, I coached baseball at my old high school for a couple of years, uh, with him. And, um, And he was just uh he was just a wonderful, wonderful man and a um a big presence in my life. You know, about what it was to the way you should treat people, about how hard you should try, and all the things I'd been raised on, but I mean I just saw him a lot and spent a lot of time with him, and so today would be his birthday. So uh Ron Limberger. He was uh he was a fun guy and uh he was in love till the day he died with Joni. I if you ever they used to come visit sometimes when we'd be my dad was managing the Padres, so a lot of people used to like to come visit because we were in San Diego for the summer. And um and Ronnie and Joan came down. And if you would have if you would have seen them, you would have said, Did they just meet? Like, no, he's like that. Like Oh my god, it's like he fawns on her th- like they just met, like this week. Like, I know. He's in love. <laughs> he's he's in love. So anyway, today would have been uh his birthday was the day after my birthday. So happy birthday to Ron. So uh the United States Marine Corps band makes it official. We will uh check the news on the back side of this and then Grant is gonna join me and I don't know if you listened yesterday, but if you listened yesterday, what you heard was a discussion about Chinese influence operations in the United States. And um, and it's very interesting. So if you didn't listen to hour two yesterday, you should. And so I'm going to tease some of that stuff up for Grant Newsham and... We're going to kind of take a you know get his perspective on some of it, and uh, it's really interesting. I, I sat down this morning and listened to it, you know. Um, and I'll just I'll just say some of the things I'll have him comment on. There's a DOJ guy in on this interview. There's three guys. One is a uh, U.S. cyber counter intel guy, and the other guy is a Department of Justice guy, DOJ right. So one guy's doing counter intel, the other guy's doing prosecutions. Yeah. So let me let me go back to my podcast page. You got off the Carecastrol page. Um the two guys uh the guy from um the DCI guy director of Counterintelligence? Director of Intelligence? DNI, right? Director of National Intelligence. Anyway, he's, his name is Bill Ivanina. So he's the director of U.S. National Counterintelligence and the Security Center. right? So he works for the federal government. The other guy is a Department of Justice guy. Right? And he's their senior counterterrorism uh, person. His name is John Demers. So you'll hear both of them. The reporter interviewing him is a Wall Street Journal reporter named Aruna Viswatha. All right. And so I'll, I'll just take it. Some of the things I'll ask Grant to comment on. This DOJ initiative that targets Chinese influence and espionage operations started a couple of years ago. And so they talk about that. In those comments... Right. The DOJ talks about we prosecuted five or six guys this past summer. okay, And then we initiated the closure of the Houston consulate for trying to, you know, for industrial espionage activities that were being conducted out of it. Then he says over a thousand PLA, quote unquote, researchers left the country. How about that? So you'll hear. I'll play that. We'll let Grant talk about it. Um then the next thing. Um is there a US government view of China and is there a Wall Street view? Does Wall Street willingly ignore what China's doing or is it out of ignorance? Right? So is it willful or is it uh, an ignorant act? Um we'll talk about we'll get Grant's take on on election interference but they talk about that um then they talk about you know the difference between Trump and Biden and what do they anticipate and there's a very very interesting quote from i believe it's uh Joe Biden's guy who's the designated um he's designated to be the national security advisor a guy named Jake Sullivan and he talks about pr- Trump pushing hard And you can't deny the progress that's been made. And so the next question becomes for the Trump, for for the Biden administration, again, assuming that nothing gets overturned. But um, the next part of that is, will they allow economics, no pun intended, to trump the counterintelligence picture? So here you have, the Chinese stealing to the tune of half a trillion dollars annually from the United States. And we've allowed that historically because of the, um, because of the economic relationship that we have with China. Completely looked the other way. So we'll ask Grant about that. Um, there's an interesting question about how deep the influence goes, and they said oh it goes it goes to the state level that the Chinese just aren't interested in the federal government that they're that they're interested in state governments as well so uh, so interesting stuff and then um and then you know they, they both talk about international cooperation and the turnaround, especially of developed nations relative to Huawei. Right. That I mean, the stunner when the UK said, yeah, we will not use Huawei. Now, mind you, Huawei gets offered at 50 percent of anybody who's competing against it. Mind you that. So then they talk about the battle space, the geopolitical battle space. And they talk about if you're a developed nation, you have to look at Huawei very suspect. And you can. If you're a developing nation, do you even have a choice? Or do you just say we have to dance with the devil? So uh they talk about that. Uh they talk about TikTok. And they talk about, you know, China has harvested American data, you know, in many different ways. They steal it, the Equifax thing. Um I wanna say HealthNet is another one that they that they uh, they sold their data. Um but they said now there's apps like TikTok in which Americans You know, Airbnb, you know, you sign up for that and your data is being, you know, handed to the Chinese. And so one is Americans doing it when they sign up for apps. And and then this other one, they said, these are Chinese apps. All this data goes to Chinese intelligence sources on demand. They also talk back about pushbacks from universities. And they, they say some of it's out of ignorance. So it's a question of educating universities. Then they talk about academics who will willfully, right, get a, they'll apply to American, you know, for American federal grants to fund their research. And they do the same thing. You know, they, they contact people in China to fund the same thing. So they're double dipping. And they don't disclose the Chinese money. So they talk about that, which is pretty interesting. Uh, And they talk about the continuing, you know, they say, look, universities don't want this stain on them. And so the universities, it's not like they're looking the other way. The researchers, the academics themselves, right, are lining their pockets. And that's why they don't report it. So that's kind of interesting. Um, that's kind of an interesting part of it. So, uh, so we'll get Grant, I don't know how far we'll get through all of that stuff, but we'll get Grant to comment on some of that. Um, the, um, and Bob Nielsen wants me to ask him about the new secretary of defense, Austin. Um, I will certainly do that. The, um, yeah, I just saw that quote, um, about the ISIS stuff. So we'll see. Uh, but let me just tell you this: In the year uh, that we've just survived, the Senate is going to say no to a black four-star general when they just said yes to a white four-star general. At the end of the day, is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know that they'll go there, right? I don't know that they'll go there. So, um, yeah, we're not going to take a break. So. We'll uh, start the show. Good morning to you. United States Marine Corps Band makes it official. Dedicated to my high school baseball coach, who's, uh, whose birthday it is today, uh, Ron Limberger. One of uh, along with my uncle's uh, mugs, and uh, who just passed away here in the, in the last month, and my uncle Jim, uh, who is uh, my uncle Jim, one of my heroes. And uh, but um, those are probably the three guys in my life that were that were constant in you know in my life. Uh, and they had a huge impact on me, and uh, all three of them were guys that um, were were givers in their communities throughout their life and so um, I, that had a huge influence on me uh, so I grew up you know very much a kid in my hometown with guys like this around me and then you know part of my life, I got to see you know the life my dad lived. And for me, there was no doubt which life that I should live, and that was not a life like my dad lived in terms of, you know, celebrities and Major League Baseball and all that phony ass bullshit, but that my life ought to be devoted um, to the things that I thought were really important, and that was the path that my Uncle Jim walked, my Uncle Muggs walked, and Ron Leinberger walked, which was... All those guys ever did was help people. Ron helped anybody whoever he ever taught anybody who needed help I mean these guys were always selling raffle tickets they were helping people out and they're just great men and so so this is dedicated to my baseball coach Ron Liberg. happy birthday Ron Come on, to the store, Dr. Betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think, and you don't say it honestly and bluntly. Once you're out of the core, you know, it's your responsibility to live your life. our major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We gotta do what these Marines did here seventy five years ago. Persevere against difficult, challenging conditions and odds and win. We gotta win. All right, time to check the weather. Currently, it is sunny and 45 in Quantico, down the coast at Camp Lejeune. Colder. Sunny and 43 in North Carolina. In um, Tornado Palms. Sun in 53, Camp Pendleton. Partly sunny and 72 already. It's supposed to be in the 80s today here. Yeah, Santa Ana conditions. You could feel it last night. <laughs> so I'm standing in the kitchen. And my ex-wife's cooking dinner. And something came up about the, it's supposed to be hot tomorrow. And I said, I looked at her and I said, yeah. I said, you could feel it in the air already. I said, go in the backyard and run, like run hard back and forth in the backyard. <laughs> she, looked, she looked at me and she said, what? I said, yeah, just sprint across. And <laughs> my daughter's laughing. And she looked at me and she's said No, I'm not doing that. I said, oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, Pendleton, partly sunny, 72. In Hawaii, dark, cloudy, 71. Okinawa, raining, dark and 66. In Darwin, down under, it is clear, dark and 82. In Oslo, in Norway, it is raining, dark, and 35 degrees, and at the home of uh, my former baseball coach, that is Sacramento, California, which is not coming up here, oh, there you go. Currently, it is sunny and 48 in Sacramento. Looking for my hometown. Looking for a high of only 67 degrees today. I got the fuck out of Sacramento so fast that it made your head spin. <laughs> yeah, I did not like Sacramento. I didn't think, I, I went to San Diego, man. Compared to San Diego, <laughs> Sacramento, shithole. Yeah, so people would say, when I call their town a shithole, they're like, where are you from, sir? I'm like, Sacramento. And they're like, Oh, that's a shithole. I said, No shit, man. It's a straight up shithole. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I got now, no, I have friends like, It's not a shithole. Oh no, it's a yeah, end of the Pony Express line. Gold was uh, discovered in the region, right? End of the Western Pacific Railroad, got on the boats, it went out of San Francisco, I got it. Capital of, Sac- of California, got it. Okay. Doesn't make it a fun place to grow up or to live in. Once you're, um, once you're of age and you can get out in a boat, it was like not a whole lot there. There's a river there, and it's hotter than shit in the summer. So anyway, that is a look at your weather. Um, well, I didn't do, uh, I didn't do my weather currently. Partly sunny, sixty nine degrees here in beautiful Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area. Looking for a high of seventy nine today. 70 tomorrow, 62 on Thursday, what, 63 on Friday, cold wave coming in, and 69 on Saturday. So that is uh, some holiday weather for you. So uh, we will take a quick break. Do sh- dare I do the top five stories at Early Bird? I'm just going to read them. I'm not no comment. I think I should do that, at least the minimum amount of news since I'm doing all birthday talk this morning. Um, No, I kind of did some other stuff. Uh, Number one, report Biden picks uh, retired Army General Lloyd Austin to lead the Pentagon. Number two, Army to fire and suspend officers and enlisted soldiers over violence at Fort Hood. Fire and suspend officers? How about discharge? Significant number of officers and enlisted soldiers at Fort Hood In a dramatic purge to correct a command culture, they believe, look, it's not local to Fort Hood there, crazy ones. Uh, Number three, U.S. troop pullouts in the Middle East raise fear of Iranian attacks. Number four, Trump administration to rename two bases for Space Force over military objections. DOD just getting trampled by the Trump administration on the way out the door. And Chuck Yeager, first to break the sound barrier, dies at the age of 97. So that's a look at a quick look at the news. Um what are they going to name the space bases? In a renaming ceremony ordered by Tom, Trump's top administration officials. Um let's see. Patrick Air Force Base will be named Patrick Space Base. And Cape Canaveral Air Force Station will be named Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Those are, that's not renaming. Come on. That's like happy to glad nonsense. I, like, if you're in the Air Force, you're, like, really concerned over that. Air Force, Space Force. Yeah, who the hell are we? Um, all right. We'll take a break. More All Marine Radio coming up next. Don't touch that dial. Grant Newsom. We're going to see how smart Grant is. This next commercial pisses me off now. I used to like it.